Welcome to the Leading Visionaries Podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established leading visionaries. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate and spotlight the leading visionaries who are thinking differently, seeing new possibilities, have the courage to dream big, take inspired action, and create conscious change all around the world. Now, here's your host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Leading Visionaries Podcast, where we celebrate the ingenious, insightful, innovative, and inspired leading visionaries of our time and provide our listeners with world-class examples of the kind of courage, clarity, and confidence it takes to bring visions into reality. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Kate DeLeo. Kate is a brand architect, number one international best-selling author of the book Muting the Megaphone, and founder of the brand Trifecta, the top branding SAAS product that has helped thousands of organizations craft brands that bring more prospects to the table, more users who click, and more customers who buy. Kate's approach is rooted in the belief that brand is the path of least resistance to revenue. She teaches you to eliminate complex and ineffective storytelling by delivering a simple yet provocative message that tells prospects what you do, how you solve their problem, and how you differ from the competition. The outcome? Brand conversations that convert. So welcome to the show today, Kate. It's such a good way to have you. I'm so delighted to have you. Well, thank you so much, Angel. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. So I want to start our time, Kate, because this is leading visionaries. So branding is a visionary kind of thing. We use branding as a visual invitation to people. So Were you always visionary? Were you the kid who built your lemonade stand and put special sparkles on it to brand it so that nobody else's lemonade stand would stand out as much as yours? Or is this something that came as you grew into your own adulthood? You know, I think that there were threads of it throughout my life, but I really recognized that my path into branding was a bit zigzag. It unfolded. Like many of us, I think that we don't always know what we're called to do until we start doing it. And so it wasn't like I woke up at six years old saying, I'm going to be a brand expert or that I went to college for that. You know, and and especially because my side of branding is actually the writing side of branding, the messaging side of branding, that promise of what we put into the world. Actually, if you asked me for a graphic design of any sort, I'd give you a stick figure. So we, we don't, that is not my visionary talent. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because and maybe others can relate to this, I actually had intended to pursue something totally different for my college years. I wanted to pursue a PhD in linguistic anthropology, which is the study of how language shapes culture and how culture shapes language. And I was ready to start postgraduate work when the market crashed. And it was really because I had a professor say, just go get a day job, come back after a few years. We don't really know where this field is going to be. It was because of that, that I actually dove into sales and marketing kind of by necessity. And it was because of that experience of having to go into the workforce that I stepped into my purpose. Fascinating. I love that. You're right. We do have these zigzag journeys. So let's talk about the leadership side then. So if you're 
if you're a stick figure brander. <laughs> oh yeah. Stick yeah. figure brander on the visual uh, side. Heck yes. Uh, so let's talk about the leadership side. Were you always the kid that, you know, was in charge or was leadership something? Because when you're coming in to work with organizations to craft brands, you're in a leadership role and you're helping them and their leaders. So tell us about your leadership journey. Where did that originate from? You know, I was the youngest child and yet I was always the leader in the family. And so there was definitely core characteristics and attributes and personality traits that I've always had where my parents have always said, you from the beginning were always very take charge and driven. And you always seem to know what you wanted to say and what you wanted to do. And I think that those are core leadership characteristics that really are by pure nature of who we are, our deepest character. So yes, I've always had those. And they began to be refined in school. And then, of course, in the business world, as I was taking on roles, I grew very quickly up the corporate ladder because of my ability to have a strong sense of autonomy to get things done, but also to work well with others. And so I knew that, okay, if we're all reaching towards the same vision for the organization, I need to get done my pieces of the pie and I need to help others get theirs done. So we're marching to the same drum. So, yes, I would say that it is something that I've always had within me, but I didn't necessarily know that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I think I ran from that for many years until finally life just said, stop running from this. This is what you're called to do. Mm, beautiful. Well, we love it when people get the calling. Yes. I was somebody who was called as well. I spent years in the real estate industry and then I got called to step into the role of a messenger myself. And ultimately now I'm here with these podcasts, but I'm curious, Kate, what was the kind of turning point for you? Was it a divine intervention? Was it a, you know, shift in the market? Like what was it that made you move beyond the corporate realm and talk about kind of a little bit about the courage that it takes to do that, because it does take courage. Yeah, absolutely. For me, the call into full-time entrepreneurship was one that came from a place of actually searching for who I was. So, you know, I think I had always been on this path of kind of self-discovery and very much a curious person and a learner. And I was the person of faith. I became a, a Christian actually in my 20s. That was a choice that I had made for my belief system somebody that I had a higher power in my life. And even so, though, there were a number of big rocks and roadblocks that I experienced in my 20s and early 30s. And it was actually, candidly, at the end of my marriage, where I was at one of my lowest points in my life, and I had to make a decision to finally learn how to love myself. Mm -hmm. And it was actually in that moment, the same year that I left my marriage, I took the business full time. Mm. And I remember somebody telling me, that's crazy. Why would you leave a high paying six figure job, safety benefits to go do this? And I said, I think I'd be crazy not to. I think it'd be crazy to not step out into what I'm fully meant to do. Mm. And sometimes we get that almost that guttural feeling of like, if I don't do this now, this is going to be catastrophic for the rest of my life. And that's what I had at 33 years old. There was no going back for me at that point. Mm. It required a lot of courage, a lot of faith, a lot of tenacity. You know, there's core words that I live by faith, mm. laughter, resilience, gratitude, generosity. Mm. And I needed all five of those things to really decide that I was going to do this. Mm. 
I love it. Well, you and I share a lot. I did the same thing when I divorced my first husband. It was after the divorce was final, literally within months, three months of the divorce being final. It was like I was out of my business partnership and real estate, and I was on the path (laughs) to self-employment as well. And so we do uh, share that parallel. I love these words, you know, faith, tenacity, resilience, gratitude, and generosity. And laughter. And laughter. Oh, got to add laughter in. We love laughter. Yes, indeed. Well, so how did these words come to you and become your core guiding principles as a leading visionary, as a leader of other visionaries as well? You know, I think there's a number of layers here. I think, first of all, those words have always been things that I've portrayed in my life. I think I didn't pick up on it for a long time. If you've heard somebody tell you, you always have a joy about you, or you always have this thing about you. I didn't realize that those were actually core attributes that I exhibited day in and day out. When I was going through these hard periods of my life, though, in prayer is when I heard those words. What does it mean? I started to ask, what does it mean to live a life of purpose? What does it mean to live a life that's there to not just be about myself, but to help others? What does that look like? What are the things that I need to display and how do I need to view myself? And that's when those words came up. Actually, the first three were in my 20s, faith, laughter, and resilience. And that got me to my 30s. That got me a decade in. And then when everything hit the fan, gratitude and generosity. What was interesting is at the time when I took my business full time, I remember praying and saying, I want to be a person that's generous with my time and my talents and and, and funds. And I want to help. And I remember hearing very clearly one day in meditation, you cannot be generous with that for which you are already not grateful. That's a good you one. must understand gratitude for what you have in order to be generous with what you've been given. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. And Kate. that shifted a lot for me. I would imagine it did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely mind blowing. And, you know, I think that there are people out there, I would say there are people out there who want to be generous and what they're really doing is not real generosity because they're not in gratitude. It's more generosity in the form of kind of almost manipulation, right? Right. Right. Which is not the same. It's not the same. When you're in gratitude, I like to say gratitude's the currency of the universe and currency is gratitude in action. <laughs> and when you're it in is. gratitude, then you have this overflow. And then from the overflow, you can be deeply generous. Well, let's talk then, Kate, about as you stepped into your entrepreneurship, tell us about the brand trifecta. Tell us a little bit about what that means, what this product is, help us Mm -hmm. to understand a little bit more about what your business is about. Absolutely. So, you know, I I mentioned earlier that I stumbled upon entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and I think it was because I stumbled upon my expertise and it was really through the practice of actually taking a number of jobs in corporate America where all of a sudden people started... I couldn't spot it myself. People spotted it. And they say, oh, if you want something wordsmithed, call Kate. If you want her to work on the message, call Kate. And I was like, oh gosh, this is a pain, but sure, I'll help you with that email. I didn't realize that it was a talent for many years, but it was actually through pure necessity that I stumbled upon this method of branding called what I call the brand trifecta. Mm -hmm. And it's really the three messaging components. That in the first 30 seconds of any conversation or when somebody hits the homepage of your website, what are you saying 
to authentically compel your prospects to want to have a conversation. Mm. It's all about conversations. And so it's really three things are tagline, which speaks to what you do, followed by a value proposition statement, which speaks to here's how I solve your deepest level heart pain. Because at the end of the day, that's what we do is we solve heart pains. And then number three, differentiator statements. The one, two, three, maybe four big bullet points of how you're different and better than the competition. And so it was those three things in that order that compelled people to take the next step and ultimately engage or buy. Mm -hmm. So that's the method, Angel. And then what I've spent the last 10 years doing is working with hundreds and hundreds of companies as a consultant. And now through my product, my actual digital platform that allows companies to go through that very same brand trifecta method and come out the other side with their messaging built so that ultimately they are seeing a shift in revenue. Mm. Yeah. I love this idea of let's have the messaging work for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the last, in the, the 20 years that I've been in an entrepreneurial space, particularly in the personal and professional development space. You know, of course, we've had this explosion of platforms and we've had this explosion of people who are stepping into entrepreneurship. And we also have this explosion of the fallacy that if you just put out more content, people are going to come and buy from you. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about your book, Muting the Megaphone, which I have a feeling might have something to do with what I just said. Yes. But right now, listeners, are you a leading visionary or in the role of leading other visionaries? Consider joining our community and sharing your feedback and takeaways from each episode. We invite you to join us and support this podcast by making a donation at leadingvisionariespodcast.com. Interested in finding out more about how you can receive support for getting your vision out of the air and onto the ground? You can apply to qualify for a complimentary conversation with me or a member of my team by clicking the Connect with Angel button on the website. Be sure to share this show in your own spirals of influence with the people who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a huge thank you to our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are already up to... 12 countries around the world, which is very exciting. And we are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads. We want to shout out this week to our listeners in, we must well shout out to our listeners in Minnesota here in the US, and also our listeners in Ireland and Sweden. And we will be right back with Kate DeLeo. The Leading Visionaries podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Are you the one who thinks differently, who is called to create a significant conscious change in the world, who is seeing and dreaming of a better way for your industry, your community, humanity? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired to guide leading visionaries just like you who want to break through the static in order to clearly express and confidently enroll support for their vision in a way that makes it inevitable that it will come to pass. Your word is your wand, and as the leader, your ability to articulate and communicate your vision is essential to its materialization and monetization. Please enjoy with our compliments a free copy of the book, Be Heard by Millions and Live Your Destiny, which was a number one new release in three categories to get you started. The book is yours by visiting gift.leadingvisionariespodcast.com.
And we are back with Kate DeLeo. You can find out more about Kate. You can find out about her product and you can find out how to work with her at katedeleo.com. Just go to katedeleo.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, Kate, we were talking about, you know, the last 20 years as the internet's kind of exploded and all these platforms and social media and Instagram and Facebook and all the things and a lot of people, you know, moving into the entrepreneurial space in, and especially in personal and professional development, you know, obviously same goes for other types of companies, but the personal and professional development industry, for sure, there's been a lot of, they call it content marketing, right. where people are just vomiting out all of this content and not making, you know, at first, at the very beginning, it d- might've done revenue for some people at the very right. beginning. But now it's just like a gigantic white noise wall of garbage that, you know, it's incredibly hard to penetrate. So I'm curious about your thoughts about that and about your book, Muting the Megaphone, which I am sure has something to do with what we just talked about. You are spot on. Yes. So the book Muting the Megaphone is all about stop telling stories and start having brand conversations that convert. And Megaphone marketing is just what you described. It is this inundation of information. Now, if we rewind in the last 10 to 15 years, we actually had kind of a, what I call the glory days of marketing that happened just after we were coming out of the recession. Okay, so finally marketing was back on the scene. We were going to invest dollars here in the United States. The world economies were shifting and we go, wow, we need to do more in this digital era. Okay, great. However, at that time, everybody said you needed to do everything. The reality is that today's consumers do not want to be inundated with tons and tons of content. Hear me out on this, though. Do I believe good content has its place? Yes. If you sell to consumers who genuinely have that personality style and appreciate blogs and white papers and case studies and they're avid learners and readers, Or maybe they have a decision-making style where they need more information before they're willing to just call you. That's great. But there has to be a level of intention behind this. And I think that's where I'm going with this book is that at the end of the day, when it comes to brands that generate revenue, we have to stop shouting and start listening and engaging in conversations. In fact, storytelling, we talk about storytelling all the time, right? Here's the problem with storytelling, the way we think of it. Storytelling is a one-way monologue. You have one person talking and one person listening. How does that engage your buyers? Whereas if you have a brand message that is very systematically layered sentence by sentence and creates a natural hierarchy where that person, even if they read it, can mentally and emotionally respond going, now that's interesting. Now hang on a second. Wait, what's in it for me? Hold on. That is where you create a brand conversation that converts, where that other individual is self-selecting in to go deeper with you. And that, Angel, is where all of a sudden as leaders, we get out of having to be a slimy salesperson and we get to be in a place of relationship with the people who want to talk with us. 
I love that. Well, you know, one of the things that I've been in, you know, this business since 2008, right? So I've seen all of it. I've seen all of it. I've seen the ups. I've seen the downs. I've seen so many people come in and disappear within a year or two. I've, you know, I've worked with many clients who have come to me who have been like, but I'm doing all the things. And I come in with my magic machete and say, stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, because it's not working. Stop doing what's not working. I love this idea of systematically layering in the messaging so that there's an emotional response. That's right. Um, And one of the things that I have chosen in the last probably two or three years for me in my business, probably three years, I, I just said, I am done chasing. I'm I'm done chasing clicks. I'm done chasing likes. I'm done chasing like likes are not lucrative, (laughs) right? And clicks are not cash flow unless it's converting. So let's talk about some of the clientele that you have served both as a, you know, consultant as well as now with your product. I'm really curious about both, you know, like who are the types of people that you end up serving in a, mm-hmm. you know, one mm-hmm. to one to one sort of basis? Right. Who are the people you serve with your product? Absolutely. By the way, I love what you just said there about clicks not leading to cash flow. I always say you are not in the business of convincing. You're in the business of converting. It is not your brand's job to speak to anybody and everyone in the world hoping they will buy. In fact, just because technically speaking, you could serve them and they could find value, the reality is that most of them won't. Your job is to serve the ones who are at the highest point of readiness, who deeply resonate with your message and can immediately go, now that's interesting. Yes, let's have a conversation. That's what your brand does when you have that layered message. And my book unpacks how to write that, your tagline, your value prop, your differentiator. So you're curious about how do I write the message? That's what the book does. And that's actually what the brand trifecta product does. Both in my consulting projects one-on-one and through the program, the brand trifecta, we take you through the systematic hierarchy of how to write that message. And then how do you deploy it? Now, one-on-one, Angel, you ask, who do I serve? visionary entrepreneurs. That's who I get in the room with. In fact, I will never take a project for small to mid-sized companies if the founder is not in the room. It will literally not happen. And why is that? Because I believe that founders hold the keys to the brand. Mm. It's extremely personal, isn't it? Even if you have a team, your business is very much tied to what? Purpose. Mm. And so if I go try to write that in a box, I did that 10 years ago, that didn't work well. Mm. On the product side, What I did is I built this digital platform to serve more people. Maybe they can't necessarily afford or have the time to have me in the room with them. But what they do know is that they need a quick and efficient and collaborative setting where they can go through this brand building process in a matter of weeks and at a really affordable price. So this product is built for founders, marketing, and sales leaders who systematically want to level up their messaging in order to see an impact on revenue. Mm, beautiful. Can we just kind of a little tangentially sure. here talk about, I love this idea of readiness and resonance so that the the customer has readiness and resonance ready to, like I have a, a process called the, the really ready sales process yeah. that I employ and I teach my people to apply. They, they've got to be ready, right? We don't need to be spending time with, as the entrepreneurs, we don't need to be spending time with people who are not ready to buy, right? Right. So I'm curious, Kate, 
when you are working with through the product, when you're working through mm-hmm. the product, the product is going to give you the messaging. I'd love to have you speak about how to deploy the messaging because the other thing I see is people burning out and exhausting yes. themselves trying to create more new content. And I keep saying, just find the pieces of content that work, right? right. You don't need to keep creating more content. And there's like almost an addiction to the creation process that's completely, it's like taking the entire landscape and again, made it this just wall of noise. It has. Well, so let's unpack that. Let's talk about that for a minute. So I think that there's a few pieces here that we need to think through. The first piece is the fact that number one is you need to go who, who know who you're going after and why. So in other words, you need to deeply define your ideal target audiences and understand the demographics and psychographics of those individuals. Who are they as humans? How do they make buying decisions? And understand then once you define ideal, the second question to prevent burnout is, okay, I've defined the ideal buyer. What rooms are those people already in? digitally or otherwise. Don't go create your own room unless you need to. That's like second step. The first step is to go where they are already gathered. So if your ideal customers aren't on Facebook, why are you on Facebook? I'm not on Facebook. My customers are on LinkedIn. But do I get actual any leads from LinkedIn? No. I have a presence. Do I spend time, hours a day trying to do LinkedIn cold outreach? Absolutely not. Do you know what I do? I do very specific networking calls. I get in the right CEO masterminds with visionary leaders. And And I spend my time there. You invest. (laughs) I invest in myself and in the room with others who invest in themselves. And that's where all of a sudden things start happening. Digital tactics are great, but the Brand Perfective Program talks a lot about that through the end. It's our implementation Understanding, yes, you need your message on your website. Yes, update your social media profile so it's consistent. Yes, if you email your customers once in a while, try to infuse that messaging. Okay, these are great things. In fact, yes, update your proposals, your slide decks, statements of work, one-page sales sheets. But I think we're asking the question of how do I find my ideal people? You have to reverse engineer that and understand where do these people go to solve problems, to innovate, to improve, and to network. Because they're going to spend money for those things. And your job is to show up in the room where they're going for that, where you can also learn and not try to sell them, but not even try to be a trusted advisor, but be a human in the room with them to build a relationship. Mm, Beautiful. I love it. Well, we are at the end and I've really enjoyed this conversation. We could go for, we could go for a long time. Oh, I know. (laughs) We could tell you and I, we have, we are like paralleling Mm -hmm. here. Yes. I love this idea of investing. You've got to invest in yourself. And if you're invested heavily, you're in a room with other people who've invested heavily, then those are people who are buyers. Hello. There you it's go. like, it's, it's clearly logical. All right, Kate, it has been my pleasure to have you here on the show today. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming. Listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by joining our community, sharing your takeaways, asking questions, or submitting guest suggestions. 
You can weave your visionary thread into our fabric by opting in on our website at leadingvisionariespodcast.com or by interacting with us on social. Look for the handle at Leading Visionaries Podcast on all the major platforms. Thank you for tuning in. Keep your eyes, ears, and hearts open. And remember, you are here to create conscious change. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Leading Visionaries on Apple Podcasts and share with other people you know who can benefit from today's episode. Leading Visionaries is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leading visionaries who are called to create conscious change and know that now is the best time to welcome wealth and cultivate a web of collaborative support to bring their vision to life. We invite your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes at leadingvisionariespodcast.com. The Leading Visionaries Podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Are you the one who thinks differently? who is called to create a significant conscious change in the world, who is seeing and dreaming of a better way for your industry, your community, humanity? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired to guide leading visionaries just like you who want to break through the static in order to clearly express and confidently enroll support for their vision in a way that makes it inevitable that it will come to pass. Your word is your wand. And as the leader, your ability to articulate and communicate your vision is essential to its materialization and monetization. Please enjoy with our compliments a free copy of the book, Be Heard by Millions and Live Your Destiny, which was a number one new release in three categories to get you started. The book is yours by visiting gift.leadingvisionariespodcast.com.